We go to work, and when we're off, we whine about our day. We sip our cares away, and you can do the same, cause you're in a safe place when you're whining with nurses. Hello. Hey, what's up? Welcome to Whining Whining with Nurses. I haven't really, I'm new to this still. I haven't gotten the (laughs) rhythm of that. Let's try it again. It's fine. No? All right. That's okay. I'll practice at home in the mirror. (laughs) I think that was good. Uh, I'm Kat. And I'm Desi. And uh, this is a whining podcast where we whine with wine. Mm -hmm. No other way to do it. And we talk about our wonderful awful jobs in nursing <laughs> i like that wonderful yeah. awful jobs it's a good it's a good description yeah um and you brought the wine today i did i did what'd you bring i brought uh it's a wine called predator uh, mostly because i really like that movie it's really <laughs> deceiving because it's <laughs> called predator and it has a really cute little ladybug yeah, on it and i actually looked into it so i'd be a little more prepared this um this oh. podcast the ladybug i guess is like a natural um predator to the different bugs and pests that typically harm vineyards. So this is a wine from Lodi. It's an old vine Zinfandel, a 2016. And it is, I guess there is from a vineyard that wants to promote natural, you know, um, more natural farming techniques rather than loading a vineyard up with different sorts of pesticides and whatnot to kill the um, little dudes that eat their grapes and eat the leaves and all that. So, yeah. I did not know that. Me neither. So I like, uh, yeah, it's like you said, it has a super cute little ladybug on it and uh, it's called Predator. It's really, it's really cute. I'll let you open it. Yeah. Um, and uh, how, how is, how's, the, how are, this is more grammatically correct. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> how am I? How are um, you? How, how are, are things? Weren't you just on vacation? I was. I've been gone. This is my first podcast back. Thanks. First podcast back in like two, a month and a half or two. Mm-hmm. I was in Iceland and then uh, scheduling issues meant I couldn't come back in between. And then I was in Mexico. So how was Iceland? Iceland was great. It was... I went with um, some coworkers and my roommate, and we had very little pre-planned, so we just uh, uh-huh. k- kind of uh, winged it from the get-go. And mm-hmm. it's a really weird place, but really beautiful. Why is it weird? It's just like a total smorgasbord of contradiction. Like, it's there's glaciers and volcanoes and beaches and lava fields and hmm. uh, mountains and grassy knolls. It's and so it's all jammed together on the island, this island. And then the people there are very, um, not in a bad way, but I, the only term I or clannish. I was going to say cultish, but uh-huh. that, it has a lot yeah. of negative connotations. Clannish sounds better. <laughs> very clannish. Very uh, proud of their heritage mm-hmm. and. Like, for instance, the uh, if you want to name your kid, like, the name William, you have to submit it to the government for permission to name your kid William. I think, like, uh, Germany, I think some other European yeah. countries do that also. Yeah, you have to name them, like, traditional Icelandic names. It's not like here where you can just be like, Apple. Um, you Anyways, know. How are you? 
I'm good. I don't know if I have much to report since the last podcast. Um, just been busy working and just, yeah, just seeing uh, the best brides or oh gosh, maid of honor. Yeah, I don't know about that. We'll see. <laughs> see if we can pull off. We did the bridal shower. We're successful, so we'll see. Oh but, man, the stress of that job. Yeah, I know. It's fun though. I'm excited. It's good. I'm excited for her. Nice. Um, yeah, and today we have Emily. Yes, back. our guest speaker today is Miss Emily. Hi. She Hi. was from episode <laughs> 19, and um, Kat and Sarah talked to her about being a new grad nurse and what that's like. So we thought we'd uh, circle back around and say hi to her again and see how she's doing. Yeah, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. So uh, I think when you were here last, you were three weeks into your first nursing job in the cardiac unit in the hospital, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and now you are... Done with training. Uh-huh. I'm six months in. Six months in. Okay, half a year. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Can't believe it. We were just talking about this this morning. Has it gone by fast or slow? Actually, really fast, I feel like. I'm happy to report I'm still breathing and alive. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. How are your patients? I'm also breathing too. <laughs> Kind of an important feature of the job. Yeah. So how are you feeling like? confidence wise and like going around you know before you were nervous like are you doing the right thing Mm -hmm. and whatnot I still sometimes feel that way I think either I'm I'm totally feeling like I'm rocking the shift and I'm kicking butt and doing all this great stuff and I'm connecting and then the next shift I'm like okay I'm barely staying afloat like it just kind of comes in waves but I think that's pretty normal yeah, definitely. It's, uh, I mean, no matter how much experience you have, a bad shift is a bad shift. And it's right? overwhelming. It's a lot. Yeah. Because you never know what you're going to have and when you show up. And even if they think they give you a light load, that could change, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially at nighttime. And yeah. remind me again how many patients you get? Five? Up to four. Up to four. Okay. Yeah. Um, and are you doing nights or? Nights, yeah. Nights. Okay. Mm-hmm. So do you and Desi work together? <laughs> we do. We actually, I'm stuck with her. We have the exact same schedule. Oh, which really? Never to the day. Happens. <laughs> How funny. That's kind of cool. No, it's really good. Yeah, because we never sit together, so. Yeah, they, they, they keep us apart. We have uh, two main nurses stations on our unit. Uh-huh. And <clears throat> unfortunately, the pod, it's we call it C-pod, is the smallest. There's only two computers. However, it services the most patients. So typically, there's like three or four nurses jammed into what is essentially a storage closet. Oh, wow. And so... Um, I've had the luxury of being over on B-Pod, which is a nice open area. Lots of computers <laughs> Lots of to computers, choose from. Uh, a that, lot more soothing and quiet. How does that make any sense? Why would they put like most of the patients on a side where there's, the station is so small? I'll tell you, whoever, whatever contractor was hired to design our unit had no experience mm-hmm. in hospital design or ever thought of what it'd be like to be a patient staying the night in a room or a nurse having to maneuver between two beds, two chairs, two tables, mm-hmm. oxygen. Yeah, things. some rooms are pretty tight. Super tight. Are there more patients on that side because there are more rooms on that side? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, why can't they just put more on the other you would think it's even, like they would evenly yeah. distribute it. Mm-mm. How Mm-mm. weird. Yeah, and for the 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 distinguishing um feature is that C-Pod has a call a call light system. So mm. when patients want something, they'll press their call light and it rings at the nurse's station. And a distinguishing feature of, uh, or the distinguishing feature is that lights from room 
35 all the way to 44 are rung at C pod Mm -hmm. and only lights from 30 to 34 are rung at B pod. So yeah, it's frustrating, but we work around it, you know. And you're always on one side, like you're always assigned to one side. Not like permanently, but for a shift, a stretch of shifts. Look at the draw. Yeah. I don't think it matters what day it is. I'm almost (laughs) always down in the little storage closet. We call it the vortex. She has uh, owned it though and now calls it her dungeon. (laughs) Cause you're so like far from everything. You don't know what's going on. The charge nurse is down in the main pod. Sometimes you're just with one other nurse. So it's like, gosh, I hope nothing bad happens down here. Cause you're leaving the newbie with one other person. And how far away are the two places? The two pods? I mean, like a block. Okay. Yeah. Or less than a block. It's we're being dramatic. <laughs> like, are you really far where you can't? Like, if you're like, help, can someone hear oh, you yeah. from I mean, the other if side? You yelled, yeah. Yeah. But I also like that they're called pods. I know. It makes me feel like sci fi. Yeah. I was thinking about that the other <laughs> the day. Pod. So, um, Emily, what's like your, I don't know, have you noticed? Have you figured out like a rhythm or routine that was different than when you were precepting? Yeah, I feel like when I got to the end of my precepting time, like especially on night shift, I felt like I was ready. Like I got to the point where I was tired of following the other nurses routine because I wasn't liking the flow. And so I was just like anticipating being able to make my own, which I have. And so that's really nice to kind of budget out your time and like process through your head like what you're thinking of doing and why instead of having someone like hovering over you going no 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 this and you're like but I was going to do this first you know so it's kind of nice to have a little bit of independence what kind of um do you keep it uh, like you know I think we talked about this before where you have like a paper that you write everything down on do oh, you guys yes. have like does everyone there have their own system or do you well I mean we have like our report sheets that we take report on but I make an additional sheet that I cut into like four with a marker and Mm -hmm. I like write all the meds and the times just so I make sure I like to check things off just that's my personality plus then you feel like you don't miss things which you still do sometimes but you know yeah I do the same it just kind of gets your head together at the beginning so you're like okay this is what I need to do okay this patient has meds at this time and this time I'm going to clump them together so I'll go to this page you know like it's kind of a visual representation. Right. Yeah. And at like 3.30 in the morning when you're kind of hitting that exhaustion level, uh, it's nice to have that in like front of you knowing, oh, I have an antibiotic to hang at 3.30 rather than let me click through four p- patients' charts to see if I have any meds to hang at 3 in the morning. Especially when you have busy patients that require a lot, it can just be overwhelming, kind of be hard sometimes to remember some of the other stuff that may be on lighter patients you know mm-hmm. so well that's good I remember those papers and everyone had their own like I would look at other people's sheets and be like oh that's a good idea maybe I should like <laughs> make mine look like that and yeah it's kind of fun to make them yeah it's like eh. um, scrapbooking for nurses <laughs> I just remember we've had a couple patients recently who have been there for a really long time like over a month or so and I was giving report to a, like a nurse who's been around for a while, who's a stronger personality on day shift. And I was like, sorry, I'm looking at two different papers. And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, I had this patient, you know, three weeks ago when they were admitted. So I have my full report there. And then I have my new updated report here. And he was like, you have both papers still? And I'm like, yeah, I keep them if they're still in the hospital. And he's like, well, that's so smart. Like, I didn't <laughs> think about that, but I'm afraid to throw anything away because 
you take such good notes the first time, you know, but once you have them again, that you don't get as much information. Totally. They, they like when somebody has been in the hospital that, that long, their story becomes more and more condensed. Mm-hmm. And so I've done that before. Yeah. It's like, Oh, this guy, he's here. Where do oh, you keep perfect. your notes? I just have them on a clipboard. I mean, I, I filter through them too. I don't keep all of them, but right. I just keep the last couple. But like you leave it like in a locker or something. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. I was just saying like HIPAA wise. I'm like, you don't take it like them no, home. And like, no. <laughs> like okay. it's always a panic moment not. when you can't find your sheet and you're like, oh yeah. my gosh, where is it? Where's yeah. my clipboard? Like Desi's sheet the other shift. Oh yeah. <laughs> I left it um, at the nurse's station and um, I came back that next night and like t- ah, 20 or an hour before I, the, I came back, a day shift nurse had thrown those papers away because I left them out. And so I was like, so mad. And when, you know, they go in a shredder bin, so mm-hmm. you can't retrieve. I tried yeah, to luck. retrieve them. I taped together two rulers and got some sticky tape. Oh my gosh. It was like MacGyver. Yeah, yeah, I felt like unsuccessfully. I had the Mission Impossible theme song playing in my head the whole time. <laughs> oh man. Well. So, uh, how about anything with, uh, what's your feeling? Like, do you like your job now that you're kind of running your own show? I was a little worried at first, just because I feel like you never feel prepared, which is probably a good thing. Because if you felt too prepared, then maybe you'd be missing things that were important. I don't know. I, I feel like it's important not to feel too confident to an extent. But, um, I feel a lot better now that I've kind of gotten past the initial like anxiety of being on your own and I have so much support like poor Desi she's one of my go-tos oh no I like it makes Um, me feel smart every once in a while having somebody else ask the questions yeah and sometimes there are questions that you're like well this is kind of silly but I'm still building that critical thinking and like my (sighs) own how do you say it like well your confidence and your experience and yeah so like okay I know this pressure is low but is it really like something I need to be worried about or am I you know am I making the right judgment call so it's kind of still like a continuous process in my head so I'm like hey Des listen for the hundredth time this pressure is this should I give this you know right but that only comes with like time and experience so of course you're not gonna know like you don't have any judgment to pull from if you don't have any experience yeah, I was just thinking about it recently because we have to change our passwords every six months. So mm-hmm. I just got my email. That's how I knew it had been six months. And I was like, wow, okay, it's been way longer than I thought it has. And I thought back to like the beginning. I was afraid to do like anything on my own. <laughs> I mean, I did, but now I've realized how much more like autonomy I've had. And, you know, I don't know, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I remember when I first started, I, I, I would do things and I had no idea like why I was doing them. I, it was just my preceptor told me like to hang this amiodarone and do a bolus first. Okay. But I never thought like, oh, they're an AFib. They should, we should put them on amiodarone. You know, like it was right. never my, I never had that map in my head. It like the pieces don't kind of connect yeah. until you've done it a lot. And you're like, oh yeah. When you stop thinking about, I think in the beginning you're thinking about what you're doing. Like, okay, how to hang a bag, how to do this. This is okay. So I need to make sure this is done. And then eventually when that becomes routine, you're like, okay, this is why I'm doing this. This is why I'm hanging this med. This is why, you know, totally, you know, just, uh, it's like driving a car. You're focusing on all these things first, then they become automatic. And I just uh, remember the other day, Desi's patient. Sorry, it's not funny. I'm just laughing at myself. But <laughs> that's good. I don't know. What she's kind about of went to say. into a little bit of a rapid response. They end up calling one, and I had prepped the, all oh, this yeah. amiodarone for her 
per charge's instruction. Oh, explain what amiodarone is real quick so people know. It's an antiarrhythmic medication that's usually given for patients in atrial fibrillation, which is when the top part of the heart's kind of dancing around out of sync, and it helps kind of reset the heart to put it in the normal sinus rhythm. Mm -hmm. So he had been in AFib, but it was really, really fast, so they were trying to get it to slow down. And so the charge was like, prep the medicine for Desi, because she was doing other stuff. I'm like, okay, I got it. And then they ended up calling a rapid response, which is kind of like... A A soft code. Yeah, a progression to maybe almost needing a code. And so they were like, we need amiodarone. And I'm like, I got it. So I ran over there and I went to hand it to someone. And they were like, Emily, hang it. I'm like, (laughs) me? (laughs) Me? Okay. And I was like, oh, crap. Okay. Like, not a big deal. I know how to hang IV fluids. But the pressure, I was like, okay, I'm going to hang the amio. (laughs) And I like started it. And I'm like, okay, I hope I did the right thing. Because, I mean, I did. Right. Usually yeah. I'm just like, here, Jess, here, you do it. Right. You know, because you're like still learning and mm-hmm. like they're the stronger. And to explain like, kind of what hanging is basically Sorry, like, yeah. you're like putting it on the pole and then hooking it up to the. Like programming the pump and. Right. Yeah. And then hooking up to the, the port. The patient, IV port yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I actually have to say, sorry, I was in a really frustrated mood at that time and I'm sure I was snippy or. No. I have a real gift slash curse of totally ignoring people talking to me when I'm in a zone and I think I did that with you I don't take it personally yeah okay good no and I'm the person sorry that because I'm learning that I'm like ooh, chaos like I'll be right there even though I'm not necessarily like the best person because I'm still like ooh, I don't know how to do that but I'm like oh I'll help what do you need I'll do this like because I want to see like her thought process and how she's functioning and the steps everyone's taking like to help the situation because what if it was my patient, you know? So I'm always like jumping in, but trying not to like be annoyingly in the way. Right. Well, you're learning from it and soaking it up and we learn, observe, and then we teach and you know, that's good. Also, we have not talked about your wine yet. (laughs) Do you want to smell it? So Desi's not drinking today. Why am I even here? Um, Just kidding. I'm having a lot of fun. She's doing the whole 30, so she's smelling. Poor thing. I had her open the bottle. I felt so bad. It smells wow, good. That smells really good. It is good. so good. I'm so sorry. You oh, can't okay. taste it. It's, it's okay. good. Takashi, do you want to like say how you like it since no one else besides... Actually, uh, you... <laughs> sure. Um, it's guests. kind of a strange zen. Um, it has like a... It tastes really smoky, like a pork loin. Oh, or something like that. That I've was in the tasting it. notes I was reading. Oh, about really? It. Yeah, it said it had a smoky finish. So does it have like a, what was it called? Smart. What? It's your smart for oh. taking that. Oh, um, so it, yeah, I mean, is the barrel kind of smoked? Is, um, how did they get this flavor? Because also I've heard that um, if it tastes like caramel, that's fake tannins. Oh. So I'm kind of curious about it now. I mean, how did they get this flavor? I've never even heard of fake tannins. It's to get more flavor. They usually put it in They're cheap like wine. They're manu- like manufactured fa- yeah. uh, tannins? Yeah. Fannins? <laughs> yeah, that's like liquid tannins is what they call it. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. Anyway, but I like this. Uh, where'd you get this? Uh, Calmart in Calistoga. Huh. I'm sure. It's and from Lodi, so the, I'm what, sure. What is the price on this? Uh, it was like 15 or 16 bucks. It's, it's worth 15 bucks. Yeah, it's pretty good. But I even say it's worth a little bit more. Nice. I'm excited yeah. to try it uh, in 30 days. <laughs> Dude, you should though. This is really good. You like it, Emily? I actually really do, yeah. I don't know a ton about wine, but... None of us do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we just <laughs> drink it. <laughs> Doesn't the oaky, smoky taste have to do with how long it sits in the barrel? 
too. That yeah. sounds correct. I felt like the longer it sits, the oakier it is or yeah. something. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That's why we're in healthcare. Yeah. <laughs> we just use it as therapy. Just, <laughs> it's really just an excuse to drink wine is yeah. to say we have right? a whining podcast. Yeah. No, but it works. I don't know. That's the thing about nights. I just can't justify having a glass of wine in the morning. Mm. Like, dang. You really? Know? No. Even white wine? All I look forward to after I clock out is hitting the pillow. No. Like, I don't even think about eating. So. I had a weird, uh, like experience that I hadn't had in a while where um, I went to work and then I'd w- woken up quite early prior to shift. Went to work. I for- had forgotten there was uh, this new training class I had to attend, which was two hours. So uh, I was up for, you know, who knows? I can't do math in general, let alone <laughs> now when I'm under next pressure. to wine. Yeah, <laughs> under pressure next to wine. So many distractors. Anyways. Next I, to wine. Oh, God. This is what my patients say about drugs. I was just next to them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, really? Because you tested positive yeah. for meth. <laughs> I would just... Um, <laughs> so uh, I was up forever and I'd had some coffee to stay up. And when I finally went to bed, I was wired. My body must have just pumped out that cortisol to keep me awake. And mm. I... I was up for over 24 hours. Oh, God. And in bed and not able to sleep. Yeah. Oh, so. I hate that. I have insomnia. So, like, ever since getting diabetes, I've had insomnia. Have you had that? Emily also... Can I say that? Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Also has type 1 <laughs> diabetes. And um, you just... <laughs> Called her out you? like that. No, just kidding. I'm like, oh my God, am I outing you? At least I don't have to defend myself to you, like my own patients. <laughs> Sorry. No, anyway, funny. have you like struggled with insomnia at all since being diabetic or no? Actually, now that you say that, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Like I used to not even be able to nap like mm-hmm. during the day, anything like that. And at night I would just be up till like three. Mm. But now that I'm on night shift and I pick up way too many shifts, mm. I'm just always tired. I bet. So. I bet. That's the cure. Yeah. Um, Carter, what just happened though? The smoke uh, yeah. came out of the fire. It was like a spell was cast. Weird. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> fireplace. <laughs> Please don't. We've been watching. Have you guys seen Sabrina? Yes. The, oh, the new one. It's getting no. really scary. Yeah. It's like getting serious. Is it dark? Yeah. yeah. I haven't watched it yet. It's it makes good. me really uncomfortable. We just finished the most recent season. It is good. And you said the spell casting. I'm like, oh God. <laughs> there was something with a fireplace once. And <laughs> yeah, a spirit anyway. just entered the room, I'm sure. <laughs> That's okay. So, Emily, um, quick question. Have you, like, uh, because you're way more fresh on experience in day shift versus night shift than I am. Yeah. Is there, like, a significant difference between the cultures of the two or the... um, Yes. Yeah? So, when I first, like, was on day shift, I was, like, loving it. Like, oh, I love the fast pace. Like, I just vibed with people. And I was nervous about nights just because I felt like it was a whole different ballgame, different people, like very separate, you know, relationships. And now that I'm on nights and I've connected with you guys, I couldn't even picture going back to days. Like the personalities are so different. I feel like, in my opinion, a lot of people on day shift kind of have that mindset of like being better. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because it's busier. Like they just have a different attitude towards things. Like I don't feel like I had people there that I would feel like I could go to like I do on nights. Yeah. Hmm. I felt that for a while and I developed like a chip on my shoulder about it. But it's doing it again, man. Carter, why is it doing it as a flume or plume or whatever it's called not open? (laughs) Again, this whole... Oh, it's the log breaking? Oh, okay. Oh, look at it. It's doing it again. 
It's magic. It's like making her, smells good, but what's <laughs> going on? I'm like, did it accidentally like snap shut? Weird fireplace troubles. Yeah. Um, I had a question, Emily. So what, I don't know if you will have an answer for this or have the same feeling, but um, is there anything now that you are a more experienced nurse, like preconceptions that you had going into like becoming a nurse and stuff that now it's not what you thought or it's better than you thought or just, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, something that you kind of touched on earlier, which is super obvious is that in school, you're so concerned with like getting down the skills, getting an IV, doing this, doing that, that I would like sweat it out. Like, Oh, I hope I don't have to do an IV today. Or I, I would like on training and stuff. And now I've realized like how it's still important, don't get me wrong, but how little it is compared to the big picture of everything, like a med pass you used to sweat about or giving an injection or an NG, whatever. I mean, certain things still make me a little queasy. Like but, what? Like what? Well, like I've done a few NGs, but I hate Explain. them. Explain. So just, to, I mean, say okay. the full word so the audience knows. Nasogastric tube. Mm-hmm. Ugh, gross. Yeah. So Basically a tube going down through the nose into the stomach mm-hmm. to to drain or to give feedings and to mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so I've put them in before, but it's really painful on the patient. Or sorry, it's uncomfortable for the patient. <laughs> it's painful to watch because you're basically forcing you it down. You never say it's going to hurt. <laughs> you're like, okay, Oops, it's gonna this be, might be yeah. a little uncomfortable. Sit on your hands. Please yeah. don't grab. Yeah. I know you're going to have an instinct pull. <laughs> like, don't do that. Uh, so like, okay, I know I can do it. I've done it a few times, but like hearing the word or knowing someone needs one, I just cringe. Mm-mm. But it's not as like, I guess, big of a deal as they make it seem in school, which I get it because that's when you learn the skills. Hmm. So I, it's kind of nice knowing that if I really know I can't get an IV or I don't see a spot, I can go to charge and be like, hey, do you mind doing an IV for me? Like I'm busy or, right. you know, like that stuff doesn't really, I don't know, it's not pressure on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not the like the end all be like, all. I had to do a big wound or a wound dressing change and I went to Desi and I was like, hey, will you come with me? I haven't done one since school. So, and we went in and just did it together. Like no pressure. But that's true. Like it's, it's like, how is the person doing what's going on rather than like, can yeah. I do this and that? Cause you can get help with it. You can always get help and get better and learn and practice. Yeah. I, I do feel like looking back, there are a few things I wish they had emphasized more in school and in like training like charting I feel like it depends on who you get partnered with in your preceptor especially as a new grad like some nurses just aren't charters or they just don't chart in depth and I was lucky to have nurses who were very meticulous about that but I know of like other new grads who had a really hard time learning how to chart what to chart like that kind of stuff because they just didn't get the great experience and I do wish in school that we had had more of an opportunity to practice because it's so important yeah I had a similar experience on when I did my day, you know, training. It was like uh, very, you know, basic charting. And then when I did nights, I did, you know, went through my usual routine and the night shift nurse checked it and was like, whoa, you're missing like a ton of stuff here, dude. You didn't do this or that. And and I hadn't even heard of those things Mm -hmm. like as charting. Isn't that weird? Like no one tell, like in my office, uh, very different. Like we don't have to do this at all similar charting, but we document like everything we do, but like no one checks our stuff. No one's like, yeah, are you doing it right? Like, oh, you have this conversation. If you just don't write it, 
you'd never had it. So what if you just don't write it? Or there, there isn't like what you guys, you have to check off certain things and certain tabs or whatever. <laughs> but like, do you have Epic? No, okay. I wish. Oh, similar. I've asked this before. Okay. Something different. Yeah, yeah. we have a terrible system in our office. <laughs> but, you know, there's no, like, I, I've discovered over time, like there's things that I should have been doing that the previous person, like, uh, who... um well, she retired, but apparently there was things that like she told me and I learned that I definitely was not correct oh, shoot. and, or she never did cause she worked for a long time and, you know, rules change over time, you know, 30 years ago, you didn't have to document all the same stuff we have to do now. And so I just haven't been doing it for the past two years. And I'm like, Oh, I should have been billing myself for that. Okay. So I haven't billed the last patience of this. Cause she said, we don't do that. Someone else does that. It's just like, yeah. but no one's there like standing over your shoulder, checking everything you do. Mm-hmm. It's kind of freaky. Cause it's weird when you look at it and they're like, it's your license. You're like, I yeah. know. And then I start driving home. Like, Oh my God, I've got to chart this conversation with a doctor or this or that. Like, right. Oh, I forget. To you do start that all the me time. too. You start yeah. taking it really seriously. Yeah. But then at the same time in the moment, it's like, you barely have time sometimes to get it in. And and I'll be like looking at the last, you know, nurse's charting and she'll say like within daily limits for something like a patient's missing a leg. And you're like, you charted on a leg that doesn't exist. <laughs> like clearly people don't pay attention. And that's a real thing. It happened. Right. Do you yeah. know like, yeah. how'd you feel a pulse on that ankle, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like phantom, phantom pulse. <laughs> You know, and yeah. I'm like, that kind of blows me away because I don't know if it's just because I'm still new or I'm just mm-hmm. trying to like build good habits now. But I mean, my first nurse I trained with didn't even carry a stethoscope. Like we didn't do assessments. So how like... How would you know the lung sounds exactly. are clear? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's bad though. But only, I only had her for like two weeks, but... Okay. But it's weird because... What, what, I mean, when is someone going to go back and check of thousands of billions when of documents, you know? Yeah. Right. When the they thing. go to court. Exactly. But otherwise, yeah. so most people I feel like just are get lazy about it because I mean, the few and far between when you go to court. Yeah. But I get a little terrified because I'm thinking like, as I'm charting, I'm like, okay, wait, Emily, go back. That's not within daily limits because if I went to court, I wouldn't probably be able to remember certain things. Like, why am I not writing more clinical notes? Why, you know, like mm-hmm. if it's four years from now, what do I have to say? Like, yeah, I clicked that button. I checked that box. But I feel right. like, why are we not writing? Why do we not have to write a clinical note? Like beginning end to shift or. Yeah. Yeah. The I mean, pe- I know it's a lot of work. The people, the it, like <laughs> patients that I'm like super anal about are usually the, the difficult ones yeah. or the ones that mm. are all the time like, like red you know, flags right yeah, and I really. or really angry or something I write every single little thing other ones I write like a summary yeah, of, you know smart. because I'm like this you person might sue pr- us someday exactly. you know and exactly. I want every single thing and I quote I put in quotations the things that they say because yeah you know totally um, I've had a an incident like that come up recently and it, I, I read it wrong I should have been more diligent and I wasn't and they ended up coming back the next day really mad. What do you mean you read? Read what one? Like read the patient's and the patient's family wrong. Like I thought they would be oh, ch- more the chill situation. And, okay. and uh, reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. they were not. So um, it, that kind of scared me into doing more uh, intense charting. But mm-hmm. eh. I mean, you never know. And that's what they say in school. Document, document, document. But in reality... I can tell you right now, I did not know how to do anything with charting like in school I mean some schools are better than others we could not chart on our patients Mm -hmm. we had this app 
like application we had to buy on our computer and we would like chart on whoever we had in the hospital and, and our teachers would just check it. But that has no huh. representation of like what it's really like to chart an assessment. Yeah. You know, you're just That's kind of weird. like clicking stuff. I've never heard of like an yeah. app. Did yeah. you have that? Mm-mm. No, we, we, in my school at least, we charted just like instead of the nurse, we did it. And then yeah, we didn't have access. Our clinical instructor had to check it off at the end of the shift. So we, we did it for the nurse and then they had to make sure we were, you know, doing the ADLs every hour or the whatever it was yeah. every hour or yeah. something and, and check off. You didn't do that right or you did that or what does this mean or, you know, but we did it for the nurse. Um, what schools do you go to? I'm just curious now. I went, actually went to school in Kentucky. Oh, okay. It's a tiny little private school, Kentucky Christian University. Where'd you go, Desi? Uh, Pacific Union College in England. Oh, I went to St. Louis University in St. Louis in Spain. Oh, nice. In Spain? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in Spain for my what? first um, so cool. first half of nursing school, and I worked. In, I did like my first clinical in the Spanish hospital. Do you speak fluent? Um, pretty well? I grew up speaking it, so oh, yeah. Sweet. Wow, pretty, that's so yeah. cool. All, actually, all um, five nurses, except for Sarah, but in our office are bilingual. Oh, that's so Spanish awesome! Nurses. Yeah, I just bought a book. Spanish. You bought a book. That's great. We're teaching her how to read next. You just bought a book. I'm a smart one. I just bought a book on Spanish for healthcare professionals, and I'm attempting, I haven't opened it yet, to teach myself again. Hey, you did the first step. Yeah. That's awesome. You can't speak Spanish. Because having like one CNA on the floor who can help sometimes is hard. Or none. Or none. Or, and now Grace um, is out. Yeah. And she was a Spanish-speaking nurse that I used frequently. Mm-hmm. We have one other one, poor thing. But I mm-hmm. like there have been a few times I would go in the room, we would minimally talk because I could speak a little bit, and then they would say something, and I'd be like, hang on, and I would go, and I would call downstairs to the other floor and ask their CNA. Mm-hmm. I would repeat what they said, like probably horribly, and then they would repeat it back and tell me, and then I would uh, run back. <laughs> I yeah. just go, bien? <laughs> And hold up a thumbs up. Oh, Can you yeah. do like a Google Translate app on your phone? I did yeah. once and I... Oh, they should do that on our new work phones. I kept... This is so silly. I was giving medicines and I was explaining the medicines in Spanish, which I was broken, but the guy like was totally... He thought it was really funny, of course, because I was probably <laughs> saying stupid stuff. And I was telling him about an, a little injection that we give that is a blood thinner and it's like short acting to help prevent blood clots, right? Mm-hmm. And we give it to patients because you're not walking as much right. and stuff Hepburn, like that. Right? Yeah. yeah. And I explained it and I said it was for his sandia. <laughs> the watermelon. Which is watermelon. The watermelon. <laughs> instead of sang- sangre, whatever. And like, he just looked at me kept laughing and then I was like, oh my gosh. And I caught on. That's really cute. <laughs> and I was like, ah, and I, we started talking and then I said sangre and he started giggling. So the rest of the night, anytime we talked about blood, yeah. I was like, sandia. Like, he thought it was the funniest thing. And I'm like, here we go. Like, That's really cute. You get your own personal entertainment while you're here in the hospital. It's so funny. I love it. Oh gosh. Yeah. That was me making an effort. That's so I, good though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. That's me. <laughs> that's, that's really cute. <laughs> okay. So is there anything you're still like, uh, in your last one, you describe things as like overwhelming. Is there still stuff that you're kind of like freaked out about? Like when a situ- certain situation arri- may arise, are you like... Yeah, I mean, like little things. Like I feel like I used to get really freaked out even when blood pressures would be low. 
And I actually learned from Sarah in that sense. Because one time I went to her and was like, I'm a little stressed. And she was like, look at your patient. If they have no symptoms, mm-hmm. don't stress. And I was like, duh. Like, why didn't I think about that? But I was so focused on the numbers. Right. And so I kind of like learned with that. But sometimes, you know, your patient's heart rate drops into the 30s. And you're like, whoa, come back, please. Like, hello. We, we yeah. have- <laughs> hey, you, I always go, you okay in there, bud? Like, I had a patient. Scare him awake a little bit. Um, at the end of my training, code on me, his heart rate was in the 300s. And oh I was in the dungeon God. by myself. Three hundred? Yes. Oh, I've never seen that before. The heart monitor starts alarming. And I look up and I'm like, wait a sec. That's my patient. So I go in the room and he's like snoring. And I'm Nor- like. Normal heart rate's like 60 to yeah. 100, by the way. Okay. So I'm like, he's snoring. I shake him. I'm like, hey, hey. And he like flopped over. So I was like, is he sleeping? What's happening? I was so confused. And, and I got no response from him. And so I was like, I yelled for my trainer. I'm like, I need you. Like, so she runs in and she starts, I'm like, is he coding? I can't tell because he was like moving. Mm -hmm. And she starts screaming like, code blue. So I'm like, okay. I like run over and she's like four foot tall and I'm like (laughs) almost six feet tall. So Uh we're totally opposites. She's doing compressions on this like 300 pound man and he's on his side and I'm trying to find the code blue button, like total chaos. (laughs) How is she doing compressions on when he's on his side? Oh, it was like- like trying to flop. She him was just over. no, literally. She was just doing him on his side because she like doesn't have the strength to like flip oh. him. He was like half. She was on doing his side. just whatever she could. Like until we could get you know. So she's like push the button, like yelling at me. I'm like I already pushed the button. She's like the code blue. I'm like there's only one code blue button. Like totally traumatic. Mm-hmm. Everyone runs in. I barely knew anything about the guy. I got a horrible report. It all worked out. We got him up to ICU, whatever. But after that, I yeah. was traumatized. Still kind of am. So after that, if I had anyone over like probably 70 years old and they were asleep with their mouth open, I would always go in and be like, hey, you okay? And like tapping them. Because <laughs> I was like worried that yeah. anyone that was snoring, he, I think he was choking on his tongue mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. you know, like blocking Sounds his airway. Sounds like it. Yeah. But apparently that's like super rare. Like the way that he responded. The only yeah. reason my trainer knew is because she's seen it one other time. You mean, we Who mean like. Your trainer? It, huh? Who trained you? My night shift orienter. Do you, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Did you mean it's a super rare to respond? Like, as in, like, if you're choking on your tongue for your heart to rate to shoot up, or like is that? that no? She was like the way that he coded. It sounded like he was snoring profusely, like sleep apnea. Oh, that's so what you're saying. Was I was rare. so okay. confused because I was like, this is not a normal reaction to like having a heart rate in the 300s. Like, mm-hmm. is he asleep? So when I shook him, he just happened to flop and I thought he was moving because mm-hmm. it was totally like, and in all, I mean, I lost like two seconds because she was right there. She yeah. ran right in. Like, it really didn't waste time. Mm-hmm. But I was like, what, it, like, is this happening? Is it not happening? Like, because it wasn't a typical, right. like, you walk in and they're just like, yeah, you know, not Oh, yeah. Well, he must have been, now that you say, you said VTAC and I was like, obviously. I'm like, I've never seen 300. I'm like, well, we had our guy, the rapid the other yeah. day got to 200. Yeah. And that he was so symptomatic. Oh, poor guy. Was he V tacking? No, he was AFib in the 200s. Oh. AFib RVR? Yeah. His lips RVR. were purple. Yeah. Yeah. He did not look good. Jeez. But I, luckily, like, I feel like the more you see, the less, not that it, you don't get freaked out because it's still like sad and scary to see patients like that, but you kind of like learn to not get so like freaked. Like, right in my mind, totally. I guess, because after my code, I had two in a row, like one the day before and then that one, I had to like go out on the deck and like take a few minutes because I was so worked up, even though he was fine. I mean, you know, he right. lived, he went home eventually, but you kind of 
have to learn how to like handle your emotions in the moment, you know, mm-hmm. with the adrenaline and yeah. Once you've seen enough, it's just all about training. Yeah, like knowing how to yeah, respond because you know, even if it's somebody like a patient you're really close to, you end up um, like you, when you see the symptoms that require that t- a code response or an emergent response like that like your emotions aren't even there it's you're all in the training. zone yeah. yeah i'd like to get there you'll get there yeah get there everybody's i first. get really emotionally like attached to some patients yeah. so we had the opposite today in the office we had this guy who i guess his heart rate's been in the 30s for a while um and he called he was like fine except feeling really tired um and his wife kept calling. She called me yesterday and I sent a message to the doc and he like never got back to me. And then I just got busy and kind of like forgot. So they called back today and he's like, okay, well, his heart rate was 31 this morning. Just wanted to, and I was like, oh God. Um, okay, hold on. Let me go talk to the doctor. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, okay, let's get like an EKG and stat labs and he might need to pace her. Um, and he ended up coming in <clears throat> today and his heart rate was low, but I don't, I, I wasn't doing it. It was the other nurse, so I don't know what happened. But crazy yeah, you that never people know can what function. You're get. You never know. Yeah. Um, I got a um, pacemaker f- patient from PACU the other night. Like, just okay. I've had a pacemaker patient before. Like, I can handle it. It's not like a fresh heart, open heart surgery or something. You right. know. And all of a sudden, I'm looking at the monitor, and I'm like, okay, her heart rate's forty. Like, weird. Doesn't she have a pacemaker in? <laughs> and the nurse is like, yeah, you know, I interrogated it. So, like, she read the pacemaker with the machine. Mm-hmm. It sends it out to the company. And then the company faxes back a report saying, like, yeah, it's working or it's not or whatever. And she was like, we're just waiting on the report. And I'm like, uh, okay, well, why is her heart rate 40? Yeah, how is it letting it do that? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I go, and there's no spikes. So I'm like, okay, like, I don't know if I'm capable of this patient, you know, like get it together. I'm like, an hour later with the doctor in the room, come to find out her brand new pacemaker she just came from, the bottom lead that goes into the ventricles of the heart uh, had completely dislodged. Well, that makes sense. Cause yeah. otherwise you, usually the threshold, like the bottom is like 60 or something yeah, yeah. and it won't let you drop below 60. So they're like slap her on the temporary like wires. And I'm like, oh gosh, I don't know how to like. Like external take- pacing? Oh gosh. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> is it external pacing? What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like the, they usually. Was she conscious? Like external pacing is. Well, so a- no. So like she had had open heart surgery. And so after you come back from open heart surgery, they usually have a temporary pacer in through your abdomen and it's like these two wires. Oh, I thought you said she only had a pacer and it was not open heart surgery. Sorry. So she, I guess I should have said this. She had <laughs> yeah, open heart surgery. <laughs> she had open heart surgery. Her heart rate was staying too low. So they put okay. a pacemaker in. Okay. So she it wasn't, wasn't fresh. fresh from her heart surgery, but mm. she was fresh from the pacemaker because sometimes they end up with a pacemaker after. Uh-huh. So, but she had still had her wires in because she had a hard time keeping her heart rate up. Mm-hmm. So they hadn't pulled the wires from her other pacemaker out. So they're like putting her on the temporary one. Oh, I see. Overnight, which okay. is kind of higher risk because potentially like if that got dislodged or pulled, depending on what her rhythm is, if she has a rhythm, she was AFib in the 40s. AFib in the 40s? Yeah, I've never heard of that before. Yeah, that's pretty low. Yeah. Wow. I hate external pacemakers. 
I would walk in the room and she'd be asleep holding the wires in her hand. What? And I'd be like, oh gosh. Because they don't, they're not sutured in. Like you can pull them. What if yeah, she had a dream? In. She was like jacking Literally, off someone and like yeah. yanks the wires. <laughs> she, you never know. Okay? A very small someone. She yeah. had lots of dirty <laughs> quotes to tell me. So I go in there and she's just holding him in her sleep. And I'm like, oh my God, I go peel her hands off of it. Tuck mm-hmm. her hand under the sheet. I come back in again. She's holding them. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have a heart attack in here because I'm not capable of taking care of this. I mean, I am, but you know, like, I don't want to, I don't want you to pull these every time, just in her sleep, grabbing them out of her neck. Where, so they, they they thread them through, through the abdomen and they're stitched in, but just with like one stitch Mm -hmm. and, uh, or sometimes we have them snaked out through a, a Mm -hmm. artery. Yeah. A vein. Oh, a vein. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but I feel like how many, how many wires are coming out? Two. Yeah. One for the atrium, one for the ventricles. Mm. But they each have two, put it yeah. two like uh, in, implants Lead, on the yeah. inside, leads on the inside. Mm-hmm. Or is it um, what atrium ventricle is it different, or do they always put it in like the left or the right? Or I would assume the left ventricle because that's like the important one. Yeah, I think they fresh cabbage. I think they uh, usually put two ventricles uh, leads in, hmm. and occasionally they'll put two atrial. Okay. Speaking of cabbage, I had a dream last night that I, so I have been having like PSVT on and off in real life. And yeah, yeah. So I like don't drink caffeine anymore, which is killing me. I hate it. And um, because it triggers me and I try not to do like, it's terrible. Anyway, and then I got anxious and it's making it happen more, you know, and I'm noticing my heartbeat. Anyway, I feel much better now. I haven't had it happen for a while, a couple days. And uh I had a dream last night that I needed a cabbage so that oh, no. <laughs> that um, uh, the docs in my office were looking at my ZO patch. So it's like a heart monitor. And they saw some rhythm and they were like, oh, you need a cabbage. And then the electrophysiologist was like, yeah, and then you're going to need a um, an infusion pump for, uh, oh my gosh, it's like a PAH, a pulmonary hypertension drug. Um and and then you know you might make it a couple months. What? And I was like, what? And I haven't even been thinking about it. Like I felt really at ease. I finally talked to like the Apparently head honcho not. doc in my office. I know. I'm like really, but I feel really calm. And my dream just told I need a cabbage and then I'm gonna die because my rhythm was off. And I was like, I don't get how they have anything to do with each other. But okay, <laughs> I mean they do. But anyway. Continue. That was just a weird dream I had. I told the two dogs today at work who were in the dream, they're like, dude, you're worrying way too much about this. It's like, I haven't even been thinking about it. It's just your subconscious. No. Wow. Anyway, well, uh, that's about it. That's That's about it. it. That's all, folks. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty good. (laughs) Thanks for coming, Em. Thanks for having me. As always, it's lovely talking to you. We'll have to have you on again when you're like a year out or something. Just keep That's coming on say. here. It clicks or something. I don't know. Uh, this infamous like finally understanding stuff they keep talking about. Uh-huh. Is that a, are you supposed to be like at a year mark? I thought it was two. I don't probably never for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll get there. Well, it was awesome to have you. Thanks for uh, sharing stories and... Not as funny as last time. Sorry. What? I think everything was awesome. I agree. Last time was all the penis stories. 
Oh, dude, I don't even, I feel like we've had so many penis stories since. Like, yeah. penis stories are always a welcome. Dime a dozen. But I think this was super interesting just to catch up with you and yeah, like see. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah. And well. if anybody out there has any new grad questions or funny stories or scary stories that you want to share, um, let us know. We've got an email address, uh, wwnurses at gmail.com. Or check us up out on uh, Instagram at Binding W Nurses. W Nurses. Oh my God, I get this wrong. And I even post on there. Okay. All right. Cheers, Cheers. guys. <laughs>